0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies Podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Magically appeared right there. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you're having a great start to your day. Health and safety protocols, unfortunately, again, are making an impact on the Grizzlies roster. How they can overcome that. Plus, Chandler Parsons announces his retirement looking back on his Grizzlies career and previewing tonight's game against the Minnesota or (laughs) against the Milwaukee Bucks. All that on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A wonderful Wednesday to each of you and welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having an outstanding start. To your day, of course. When it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, they now have gotten back on their winning ways. Hopefully, they can put together some impress another impressive winning streak. But this time around, it's going to be a bit tough, considering their upcoming schedule, but also some unfortunate happenings when it comes to health and safety protocols. We'll get into that in just a moment. Of course, we wanted to let you know you can find the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter, myself at Stats SAC, Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years over at Grizzly Bear Blues and your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. want to remind you, you can find the show wherever it's available, free on all podcast platforms. Listen, review, subscribe. Also right here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. It's great to see the show getting popular on YouTube. Thanks for all the support as well as all the views. It certainly makes the most of this opportunity for us to discuss all things memphis grizzlies and let's get right to it so the grizzlies over the past 10 days you know fortunately had been able to you know be able to get back to near full strength you know just as it seems like everybody was coming back unfortunately dylan brooks suffers a a significant ankle injury that's likely going to keep him out for another month so we had gotten through health and safety protocols from the start of december through the start of january and the thing about it was None of the Grizzlies' major players, when I say major players, basically I mean Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and and John Morant. John Morant was in health and safety protocols when he was already out due to his knee injury. But thankfully, none of those three had been out due to health and safety protocols. Well, unfortunately, that string of good luck ends now. As it was announced yesterday, Uh, the Grizzlies' injury report came out. Both Desmond Bain and unfortunately, Kyle Anderson for the second time as well. Both players are in health and safety protocols. Now, obviously, the outlook of when they may return, it's up in the air. We've seen Dylan Brooks come back from just missing one game due to testing negative a couple of times within 24 hours. But we've also seen Taylor Jenkins, who there's a good chance he'll be back for tonight's game. We've seen him out for six games. So you don't really know the extent to which these individuals will be out. But what we do know is is that Desmond Bain is one of, if not the most critical component right now to the Grizzlies having offensive balance because of his ability to shoot the three for a team with the Grizzlies who, despite their winning ways, have struggled very much from shooting the three over the past several weeks. As a matter of fact, coming into the game against Um, Chicago. I mentioned it um, earlier this week. I mentioned that when it came to shooting the three, Desmond Tyus and uh, John Conchar, before the game against Chicago, those three players were 40 of 86 shooting the three, good for around 46%. But the rest of the Grizzlies were 43 of 171 from three in the month of January, shooting 23.7%. And now you're taking away the person that clearly Is the Grizzlies' best shooter just a consistent? It's almost as much as you would like to bet on John Morant scoring 20 points in a game. I think an even better bet is Desmond Bain getting three or more threes. That's how consistent he has been. And unfortunately, now the Grizzlies are going to be without Bain, it looks like, for multiple games. And of course, Kyle Anderson also, he is a significant piece to the puzzle as well with his defense as well as his improved consistency at contributing across the board. On offense. And let's not forget that this is not the most opportune time to lose either player. The reason why that is is because of the Grizzly schedule. You're you're at Milwaukee, you're at Denver, you're going to be um, at at Dallas. And then you've also got the Spurs, you've got the Jazz, you've got the 76ers, you've got all these teams that you're going to be playing here in the near future that are already in the playoff picture. It's not the most opportune time to lose, obviously, your best shooter and one of your best facilitators and defenders. And so, obviously, this has a ripple effect in multiple ways. For one, you look at the roster because you're already without Dylan Brooks. And the thing about it is, is that without Dylan Brooks, or Desmond Bain, without Dylan Brooks, without Kyle Anderson, once again, the Grizzlies' wing options are a bit limited. So you're probably going to go have to go small and big instead of having a you know a, a lengthy, you know, a, a big lineup overall, the Grizzlies are probably going to go have to go with the mixture of going small and going big at different times when it comes to their lineups. But you would have to think that, you know, with the way the Grizzlies have have started lineups here recently, Jaw would be in the starting lineup, obviously. You're going to go with Jaron and Steven Adams as well. Zaire Williams. Probably comes an important piece of that starting lineup. I'll explain why in just a moment. But starting next to Jaw, I would see DeAnthony Melton probably being the best option to start. Because again, he at least gives you a good defensive presence. He allows for you to continue to have a presence that can play to your strengths, which we know is the Grizzlies creating steals. They once again showed that on Monday in the win over Chicago, but also hopefully you're going to get the Anthony Melton get more into a groove as he looked good from distance for the first time in quite a while against Chicago as well. But then you also play with other parts of the equation, right? You put John Conchar in there in certain situations. Obviously, you put Tyus Jones. You look to use Brandon Clark, and then you start to get bigger as your lineups go. Santi Aldama, uh, you know, Jarrett Culver could, could become a part of the rotation. Obviously, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, you know, who, excuse me, not Killian Tilly, who's out to the safety protocols, but Xavier Tillman as well. When it comes to the Grizzlies' ability to play their lineups, again, you're probably not going to see a lot of, you know, wings necessarily out there. You're going to see some, you know, you may see some more John ja Morant, Tyus Jones combinations. You may see some DeAnthony Melton, John Conchar. Tyus Jones combinations when the starters are off the court. But the big thing for the Grizzlies is this, is that that's, you know, obviously losing Desmond Bain, losing Kyle Anderson, it's going to play a big impact on this Grizzlies roster. But the other thing that stands out is that the Grizzlies are going to probably have to adjust their overall approach offensively because without Desmond Bain and without Kyle Anderson, who's a decent source of threes from the corner, but also passing, The Grizzlies are going to have to find a way to incorporate good looks from three into the offense. And it goes back to the Grizzlies getting back to their bread and butter when it comes to offense, which is passing the basketball. The Grizzlies, over Taylor Jenkins' first two seasons, had arguably were a top-five team passing the ball. They were a top-five team over the past previous two seasons when it came to assist, top-five in in assists. But this year, The Grizzlies are ninth in assists, and over the past 15 games, they're 12th in the NBA in in assists, with 25.2 per game. But that 25 mark is important for this Grizzlies team. When the Grizzlies have 26 or more assists in a game this year, they're 18-4. and When they have 25 or less assists, they're 13-11. and And that is going to be a big mark. Having more than 25 assists is going to be huge because the Grizzlies are going to have to rely on perimeter passing because with Desmond Bain out of the equation, defenses are going to stack the paint. They are going to layer the paint with defenders, block the paint out, basically create a wall around the paint so the Grizzlies have to settle for more shots from distance. The only way the Grizzlies are going to counter that is by finding good opportunities through passing the ball around the perimeter and moving. Setting up Zaire Williams or Jaron Jackson Jr. in the corner, where the Grizzlies overall shoot the three pretty well. DeAnthony Melton in the corner as well. Looking for John Conchar and Tyus Jones in different lineups at the uh, above the break, where they shoot the ball pretty well. The Grizzlies do have the ability to utilize some decent shooters in good situations, but they're going to have to use the passing. They're going to have to use their passing to set those shots up. And they're going to have to hit open shots. The Grizzlies remain 25th in catch and shoot three-point opportunities this season. They're going to have to take advantage of shooting better when they have space. And so that's going to be the key without Desmond Bain and Kyle Anderson. It's going to take a collective team effort for for the Grizzlies to find the offensive balance they need because it's going to become even tougher Once teams start to really pack that paint and force the Grizzlies to shoot the basketball, it can be done. The Grizzlies absolutely can get it done, but they're going to have to utilize their passing. They're going to have to utilize movement off the ball. They're going to have to make sure that they give different looks to different players. They're going to have to, um, you know, change it up to where defenses don't settle on just one player. They're going to have to give multiple shots to different players in different locations. And they're going to have to consistently try to find the best, percentage shots that they can. We've seen the Grizzlies do it before, but without Desmond Bain and with teams likely, good defensive teams, likely packing the paint, it's going to become very, very important for the Grizzlies to consistently find their best shots around the perimeter. thing I can tell you is, though, is that in the past, a player that the Grizzlies had envisioned in the earlier version of the Grizzlies of being a player who could do exactly what I was talking about was Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons announced his retirement on Tuesday. Why that was significant, obviously, for him, but also what the lessons of Chandler Parsons still hold true going into this next generation of Grizzlies. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Before I do, I want to talk with you about, obviously, BetOnline.ag, the title sponsor for our show today. You know, I had talked with you about the fact that, you know, when it came to the Grizzlies, you could bet on, or excuse me, actually, Betaline.ag, you could bet on the Grizzlies having just as good of a chance, you know, when it comes to John Morant scoring 20 points, you could bet on Desmond Bain hitting three threes. Well, when it comes to you betting and wagering on sports, the thing I can tell you is this, is that when it comes to the Grizzlies, they may be one of the best bets in basketball, but you may want to bet on the NFL, you may want to bet on the NHL, you may want to bet on UFC. Well, regardless of where you bet and wager, The thing I can tell you is this, is that you need to go to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way for you to utilize betting betting and wagering on sports. A couple of things that stand out is that there's a new and updated website that allows for you to be able to not only make the most of your ability to bet and wager on sports, but if you go there now and you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get fifty percent. You'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. Go to BetOnline.ag, put in the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way for you to utilize betting and wagering on sports. Make sure you check out BetOnline.ag today. When it comes to the Locked On Grizzlies, we can't thank you enough for making it your first. Listen of the day. But want to remind you, the NFL playoffs are going on. Some big matchups happening right now. Why not check out the Locked On Titans podcast with Tyler Rowland, looking at their matchup against the Cincinnati Bagels. Whether your team's already started its offseason or your team's still alive, check out Locked On Bucks here as well. Whatever your team you cheer for when it comes to the NFL, check out the Locked On NFL podcast show of your team as your second listen of the day following Locked on Grizzlies as your first listen of the day. So as I had mentioned, Chandler Parsons, it was announced that he had retired from basketball um, after a nine-year career in the nba and of course chandler parsons at times was a polarizing figure you know someone who certainly had all the talent in the world but also there were times it seems as if you know his concentration may not have been there his attention may have been elsewhere a lot of different things went into t- chandler parsons he was so intriguing as a talent a- 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 as a big guy 6'9, 225 pounds could pass could defend obviously could shoot. And just someone that overall was very enticing when it comes to his overall play. He made an all-rookie team back when he was 25 years old. He averaged 16.6 points, shot 37% from three, 47% from the field, five and a half rebounds per game, four assists. There was a lot of intrigue about Chandler Parsons that really, really stood out. And when that occurred, when, when it's Chandler Parsons became a free agent over in, after the 2015-2016 season, that obviously was, was a bit of a turning point for the Grizzlies, a bit of a fork in the road because the Grizzlies had gotten past the prime. They had gotten past the best years of the grit and grind era. And so the Grizzlies were trying to make the most of making sure that they continued the grit and grind era. They did their best to try to remain competitive. We all have heard this story before, and this is just the shortened version. And so, of course, the Grizzlies go out. They sign Chandler Parsons to a four-year, $94 million deal. And that two-year window, they've already agreed with Mike Conley on a five-year, $155 million deal, and, and Mark Gasol on a five-year, $120-plus million deal as well. The Grizzlies, in that 2015-16 to 2016-17 stretch, they spent more money than this team ever has before. They operated like a a bigger market team. Three very big contracts that that were, you know, led, you know, that were basically were a top-heavy, you know, payroll roster. But the Grizzlies did it that way so they could remain competitive as possible. And the idea of Chandler Parsons... Was a great fit for this team. Again, that big wing, play secondary playmaker, great shooter, capable defender. Uh, the idea of Chandler Parsons doing that was a great compliment to what Mike Conley and Mark Gasol could offer. But unfortunately, as we all know, Chandler Parsons' knees just never recovered from the injuries that he had experienced over the fir- over the past few seasons before he came to Memphis, and it absolutely was a disaster of a deal. At the end of the day, it it really didn't have just too big of an impact on the Grizzlies. It wasn't something I mean, yes, it certainly was an albatross. It certainly was a sunk cost. That unfortunately did have impacts on some of the Grizzlies cap flexibility. But it also, thankfully, was made clear early on that it just was not going to work out. And the Grizzlies made decisions, trading Gasol inventory, trading Conley, where even though they were going to have to pay the cost of the contract, they made other moves and they went committed to going through a few years of struggle to you know, get past it eventually, and the Grizzlies did in the summer of 2019. The Grizzlies traded Chandler Parsons, obviously, to the Atlanta Hawks, and he spent his last year of his contract with the Hawks. But the reason I bring all this up is because at the end of the day, yes, the signing of Chandler Parsons was was an absolute disaster. One of the worst decisions in Grizzlies franchise history, but it's pretty ironic, it's pretty eye-opening, that the idea of Chandler Parsons then is the exact same player profile that you would love for the Grizzlies to go after now. That big wing that can pass, that can shoot, that can defend, that could be a secondary facilitator, that would be a perfect person. If we could take a player like Chandler Parsons was in the first half of last decade and put him on this Grizzlies team now, that's the type of player you would love to trade for now. That's the type of player that would add benefit to this Grizzlies lineup. And so it still remains the case that at the end of the day, yes, that exact type of player is who the Grizzlies need. But this is why the Chandler Parsons, you know, era in Grizzlies history, this is why it is definitely a a warning, something that still should carry value when it comes to future roster decisions. No matter how much sense a player makes. No matter how much sense from a roster standpoint, from a skill set standpoint, a player makes, for the Grizzlies, patience remains valuable to make sure it's the right fit. For instance, we talk about Jeremy Grant, who, like Parsons, that bigger wing, can defend, can shoot, can pass, can play make, can score on his own. He would be a great fit for this Grizzlies roster. But do the Grizzlies, who are going to have to start paying Jaron 25 to 29 million over the next four years starting next year, they're going to have to pay Ja 30 plus million each year over the next five years after next season, starting in 23 24? Do the Grizzlies want to enter the 23 24 season in which they really, really will be either close to contention or a clear contender? Do the Grizzlies want to go out and spend the and make a trade and then spend the money where they're basically owing Jeremy Grant, John Morant, and Jaron Jackson Jr. 85 million combined dollars per year, starting in 23, 24, and then doing that for the next at least three years after that. I don't necessarily know if that is the most attractive of opportunities. And I get though, I, I get. That at some point, you're going to have to make that commitment, right? At some point, you're going to have to find another player that's 25 to 30 million, cost 25 to 30 million a year or more to really give yourself a shot. I get it. But I also know right now, those type of players, that type of player that makes sense to commit that much money to and likely is going to have to result in you trading a trade package, he's not out there at this trade deadline. Because the other thing that stands out is that not only are you going to have to pay Jaron and Ja, as I mentioned, you're also, this summer, you start looking at the future of Dylan Brooks. Four years, $80 million is a reasonable contract for Dylan Brooks to ask for starting in the 23-24 season. So if you extend Dylan Brooks, that's $75 million that you owe to Ja, Jaron, and Dylan. And if you've already gone out and gotten your big wing, now you're looking at 100 to 105 plus million for four people on the roster. And again, you're eventually going to get to that point. But now, if you go get a Jeremy Grant, you pay a Dylan, you pay Jaw, you pay Jaron. The next year, you've got to pay Desmond. And so that's why the Chandler Parsons lesson, the Chandler Parsons experience, that we saw happen, though it was in a different era of the Grizzlies. And we fully expect that this era of the Grizzlies, this front office, won't run into that same mistake because of the track record that they've established, how good they are at development, how good they are at decisions, calculated they are at their decisions. Yes, we don't expect that type of outcome to happen in this generation of the Grizzlies like it did in the last one. But The Chandler Parsons experience is a warning of why it's important to not just get deals done for right now. And that's why the Grizzlies front office always has the future in mind. They want as much payroll flexibility as possible for their creative approach towards roster construction to be at its best, to have as much flexibility as it possibly can. So, yes, Chandler Parsons didn't work out for the Grizzlies. It's unfortunate how his career ended. It does seem like as if he got a settlement from a car accident. You know, never really gotten an understanding of of how that car accident may have, you know, impacted him long term. It certainly seems he's okay. But the point of, you know, reminiscing and bringing back up Chandler Parsons is because it's pretty ironic. That the player profile that Chandler Parsons was, the idea of who Chandler Parsons won was when he came to the Grizzlies, he'd be a perfect find. That's exactly what the Grizzlies need now in a player profile. But just like Chandler Parsons showed us, and that you can't make the big move now and then you know, have to pay an extensive price to that big move in the future, you can't make that big move now without considering the future. And that's a very, very, very good habit that this Grizzlies front office does. And thankfully, it not only lowers the chance of a Chandler Parsons type situation happening with this generation of the Grizzlies, but in a situation where the Grizzlies roster, their success now has made it to where there are going to be fewer options. There's going to be a higher need for the Grizzlies to get right when they make a big trade, but there's going to be fewer options to find. The track record of this front office, again, instills confidence in all of us that they eventually will find the right one. And as the Chandler Parsons experience warned us of, when this Grizzlies front office finds it, you you will have confidence in knowing they've done all the due diligence that they can do to make sure it actually works out this time, like the Grizzlies had hoped Chandler Parsons would work out when they signed him. So again, the best of Chandler Parsons. He had a very good career, wish his time in Memphis would have been better. But at the end of the day, certainly the lessons learned then can help the Grizzlies make the most of the opportunity they lo- they're looking for now, especially when it comes to looking for a player like Chandler Parsons to complement this generation of the Grizzlies. But of course, when it comes to Memphis, we could talk all about what's going to happen a week from now, two weeks from now, four years from now, whatever it may be. But what's most important is what happens tonight, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champions coming to, the or it's us going to face off against the defending champion, Milwaukee Bucks. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before I do, I also want to talk with you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Whether you have it in the morning for breakfast or in the afternoon as a snack, Built Bar is going to help you make the most of your day. And if you go to Built.com right now, you put in the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Again, that's 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Also, want to talk with you about Prize Picks. Pricepicks.com is the great opportunity. It's the best NBA DFS prop game out there on the market. You pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. And it's just you and the projected numbers. The best thing for you to do is to be able to go to Prize Picks and just choose what props you want to do. Say you think that uh, um, Stephen Adams will get ten or more rebounds. Prize Picks allows. For you to be able to do exactly that, say you think that John Ramp will get 20, 30 combined points and assists, make that move on Prize Picks, and it'll make the most for you. But the thing that stands out about Prize Picks is that if you go right now, if you go right now and check out PrizePicks.com, what it will allow for you to do is that if you put in the promo code NBA, you'll get 50 dollars if your Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's 50 dollars using the promo code NBA if your Prize Picks. Score entry scores a single point. Check out prizepicks.com today. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, we're getting right back to it. Trade Talk Thursday's return. Looking at some specific names that for different levels and different reasons could make sense for the Grizzlies. I'll look at that on Trade Talk Thursday's. Also recapping tonight's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. So obviously, as I mentioned, the loss of Desmond Bain, the loss of Kyle Anderson, it's certainly going to take a significant hit on the Grizzlies. And it's especially going to take a significant hit when you play as talented and as well-coached of teams that the Grizzlies are going to be facing against the Bucks and the Nuggets and the Mavericks and so on here over the next few games without Bain and without Kyle Anderson. But the thing for the Grizzlies is this, is that the Milwaukee Bucks actually have been struggling despite the fact that they've been playing both good offense and and decent defense over the past uh, this month of January. The the Milwaukee Bucks have done a good job defending teams. They've done a good job being able to find three-point shots as well. Where the Milwaukee Bucks have struggled to a 3 and 6 record in the month of January is outside of shots at the rim. The Milwaukee Bucks have struggled mightily when it comes to shooting short short uh, mid-range shots, shooting mid-range shots, so on and so forth. The Bucks are finding their shots from three, especially above the break. They're also finding their shots at the rim. But if you can make the Bucks settle for shots outside of those two areas, in the corner for threes or somewhere in the mid-range, that is a way for teams to be able to beat the Bucs at this point in time, because the other thing that stands out, and this is what can play to the Grizzlies' favor, the Milwaukee Bucks right now are one of the five worst teams in the NBA in the month of January when it comes to allowing steals and when it comes to allowing offensive rebounds, and as we all know, that is the bread and butter of the Grizzlies' secret to success over this stretch of winning 22 in 27 games. So yes, the Grizzlies are going to be a bit shorthanded. It's going to be a struggle, especially against a, a smart defensive team like the Milwaukee Bucks. But if Drew Holiday were to be out, as he's been out um, you know, over the past several games for the Bucks due to an ankle injury, that is something that could certainly play into the Grizzlies' favor because at that point, You don't have the Bucks' best perimeter defender out there for them, and so what that can allow for the Grizzlies to do is have an easier time being able to find their shots from distance, especially when you consider the fact that obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to make things tough getting into the paint. So overall, yes, the Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, are going to be the more talented team on the court tonight on the roster, but. The Grizzlies' strengths do match up very well to take advantage of Milwaukee's weaknesses. And the Grizzlies, if they can defend the rim and they can especially contest the Bucks' three-point looks above the break, that's a good defensive strategy that can help the Grizzlies get some stops. And then from there, if the Grizzlies can be opportunistic, create some turnovers, as the Bucs are prone to committing them right now, and also the Grizzlies can get some offensive rebounds with Brook Lopez being out, those are ways for the Grizzlies to get extra possessions, and of course, we know that's going to become even more vital to the Grizzlies' success for them to have significantly more possessions than their opponent. With the fact that they're not as strong shooting the three without Desmond Bain at this point in time, so defending the Bucks on above-the-break threes also making it hard for the Bucs to get to the or to get to the rim without fouling being opportunistic on defense, getting offensive rebounds, just like the Grizzlies have done so well over the past six weeks. But also passing the basketball and looking for high percentage threes, those are the ways for the Grizzlies to be able to find their opportunities. Because again, it's going to be a tough matchup. Now, I know John Moran has scored 30-plus points. I know that Jaron Jackson Jr. has scored, I believe, 43 points before against the Bucs, or at least one of his best games of his career came against the Bucs. The Grizzlies can win this game, but it's going to take a collective team effort, and the Grizzlies are going to need to play towards the best version of themselves. That's playing to their strengths of offensive rebounding and creating steals, but also playing to their strengths that they've shown in the past of being able to hit open three-point shots created by good passing. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a tough matchup, as all these games are going to be, to end January. But the Grizzlies have consistently overcome being without their best players. And though the loss of Kyle Anderson's overall ability and Desmond Bain's shooting, those are two big losses, especially with Dylan being out as well. The Grizzlies can overcome it if they can just stay disciplined, contest shots from the Bucks from deep while also guarding the rim, and putting a heavy emphasis on making smart, Chris passes to open up shots from distance. The Grizzlies can do those things. You have to feel confident in them winning this game. And we'll be right back here with you tomorrow recapping what occurs in this game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, we hope that Taylor Jenkins will be back from health and safety protocols. The apprentice versus the teacher, Mike Budenholzer, obviously uh, was the coach for many years of the staffs that Taylor Jenkins was on before he became the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. So some fun narratives. It's going to be a fun ball game. Again, the Grizzlies are going to have to adjust their schemes without their best shooter and one of their best overall contributors. But the Grizzlies have shown consistently they can do exactly that. And if they play towards the best version of themselves, they certainly can have a good chance of winning tonight's game. We'll recap the game tomorrow. Plus, looking at some specific names when it comes to the trade market that could make sense for the Grizzlies on different levels, looking to not only benefit the Grizzlies now, but in the future as well. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.